In Jesus' name we pray. Our God and our Father, we thank you for your presence in our midst this afternoon. We bless your name because of what you intend to do in our lives. Lord, as we come to this solemn moment to hear from you, we pray you will open our hearts, that, Lord, your word will find a place in our lives to accomplish that which you intend it to, that, Lord, your word will not return to you void, but that this day, O oh God, it will prosper, and it will accomplish your perfect will in every one of our lives in Jesus' name. Lord, whatever will stand to hinder the power that is in your word, O oh God, we pray that this day, O oh Lord, let it be taken away. Let it be taken from this arena in the name of Jesus. Speak and cause us to hear and to hearken. Thank you for hearing us. Jesus' name we pray. Praise the Lord. We thank the Lord for the time to come into his presence. We're looking at a message today titled, Purity and Power in the Church. Purity and Power in the Church. We open our Bibles to Deuteronomy chapter 23, verse 14. Deuteronomy chapter 23, verse 14. The Bible says, For the Lord thy God walketh in the midst of thy camp to deliver thee and to give up thy enemies before thee. Therefore shall thy camp be holy, that he see no unclean thing in thee and turn away from thee. Praise the Lord. I want you to picture this verse as God coming into our midst and looking all around, looking around from pew to pew, from chair to chair, from corner to corner. And his intention is to bless us, to deliver us, and to do us good, and to manifest the fullness of his power in our lives. That's the intention of God. And you imagine him coming into our midst and is looking from one corner to the other, the Bible says, if he finds anything unclean, you know what will happen? He will turn away and just leave. <laughs> Do you see why it is not only the person, only one person that has the uncleanness that has the problem? When he has surveyed the place, he looks around and sees an unclean thing, and then he goes away. The, all the other people who should have been blessed, they also miss their blessings. Do you remember that Achan was just one man? And yet, was it Achan that was defeated? Was it Achan? The whole Israel was defeated because of just one man. We need to understand that Except there is purity in the house, in the camp. The blessings and the power of God will not be manifested. Any power that comes without purity is of the devil. And it is to destroy, not to bless. And this is an open knowledge. 
is an open secret, both in heaven, in hell, and on the earth. Let's turn our Bibles to Numbers chapter 23. In Numbers chapter 23, I begin to read from verse 19. The Bible says there, God is not a man that he should lie, neither the son of man that he should repent. Has he said, and shall he not do it? Or has he spoken, and shall he not make it good? Behold, I have received the commandment to bless, and he has blessed, and I cannot reverse it. Maybe some of us don't know the background of this. This is Balaam, a backsliding prophet. He was hired by Balak, the king of the Moab, to come and cursed the people of Israel because he knew that this prophet, anything he says, come to pass. And so he hired this uh, prophet to come and curse Israel. And then he opened his mouth and began to say that God is not a man that he should lie. He said, he looked at the people and said, he has received only a commandment to bless. And let me tell you, when God does not see any unclean thing in our midst, it's impossible to curse us. Absolutely impossible. I continue in verse 21. He has not beheld what? Iniquity in Jacob. Neither has he seen perverseness in Israel. The Lord his God is with him. And the shout of a king is among them. God brought them out of Egypt. He has, as it were, the strength of a unicorn. Surely, everybody says surely. surely, there is no enchantment against Jacob, neither is there any divination against Israel. According to this time, it shall be said of Jacob and of Israel, what has God wrought? What I want to say is that when God does not behold iniquity in our midst, there is no prophet there is no devil, there is no man that can place a curse on us. All their enchantments will have no power over us. And this secret is known to this prophet, this backsliding prophet. And it is because of this knowledge, indeed, that Satan, in order to bring defeat to the camp, tries to pollute the camp. A brother used the word dilute. Dilute is a very mild word. It's not to dilute. It's to pollute. And the reason is he knows that when he pollutes the congregation, then their God will turn against them. That is the strategy. And let's quickly look at uh, Numbers chapter 31, verse 16. The same book of Numbers, chapter 31, verse 16. It says, Behold, this caused the children of Israel through the counsel of Balaam to commit trespass against the Lord in the matter of Peel. And there was a plague among the congregation of the Lord. Turn to Revelation chapter 2, verse 14. 
In Revelation chapter 2, verse 14, I read, But I have a few things against thee, because thou hast there them that hold the doctrine of Balaam, who taught Balak to cast a stumbling block before the children of Israel, to eat things sacrificed unto idols, and to commit fornication. You see, this backsliding prophet said to uh, Balak, You've asked me to curse these people. It is impossible. God has not seen sin, iniquity amongst them. It is, you cannot prevail against these people. It's absolutely impossible. But I will give you one counsel. I will give you one advice. All you need to do, if you want them to be defeated, send your women into their midst and let them commit adultery and fornication with them. That's the only way that you will defeat them. That was the counsel of Balaam. And it worked. In fact, 24,000 people were destroyed by God. That was the kill. Do you, do you see how wicked the counsel that is? Can you imagine? The prophet knows that there is no way that the camp of Israel will be defeated. The only way is for Balak to send women into the midst of the people. And it worked. And in this church of Pergamos, in the New Testament, the same strategy of the devil he installed in Pergamos. Not only in Pergamos. Look at verse 20 of Revelation chapter 2. Same Revelations chapter 2. In verse 20. Look at what the Bible says. Notwithstanding, I have a few things against thee. This is Thyatira. This is another church. Because thou sufferest that woman, Jezebel, which called herself a prophetess, to teach and to do what? And to seduce my servants to commit fornication and to eat things sacrificed unto idols. Brethren, what I'm saying is, this is a tested weapon in the hand of the devil. He used it in the wilderness against the children of Israel. Are you following me? It worked. He used it in Pergamos. Another church in the New Testament. And what happened? It worked. He went ahead and used it in Thyatira. Another church. It worked. What do you think? Having tested that too, it will be very unwise for us to think that he will not want to try it in our midst. Are you following me? The Bible says we should not be ignorant of the devices of the enemy. Lest he will take advantage of us. And that's why we want to look at this subject this morning, this afternoon. Because the time has come for God to arise on our behalf. I said the time has come for God to arise on our behalf. You see, we look at Proverbs chapter 6. I begin to read from verse 23. It says, For the commandment is a lamp, and the law is light, and reproofs of instruction are the ways of life. What is the purpose? 
Verse 24. To keep thee from the evil. To keep thee from. As the Bible says evil woman. It's not only evil woman. It's also from evil. What I'm telling you is very important. It's not only an evil woman. You don't know. There are many men. After living their lives in total disarray and complete ungodliness, when they want to get married, they say, well, I'm going to get a good godly wife. They themselves don't have any business with being godly. And what do you think they do? They come into the church and begin to look for a godly woman. The door of the church is open to all. Do we agree with that? It will not be wise to think that everyone that comes through that door is coming because he wants to go to heaven. Even in the church of Jesus Christ, as small as the church was, Judas was there, wasn't he? So don't, don't think that anyone coming, you say, ah, uh, uh, this brother, maybe this is the will of God. Do you know what he's coming to do? So when the Bible says evil 